Good morning. morning. Happy Easter. Easter. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. That's right. (laughs) I threw that on. That was a a curveball. I agree. I'm sorry about that. Again, good morning. Easter Sunday truly is every single year that most happy of mornings when the church proclaims again loudly and assuredly its good news to the whole world. The good news that death has been once and for all utterly defeated by Jesus Christ who took on all the sins and iniquities of humanity, suffered for us the pain and humiliation that sin brings to us and then physically let himself pay the price for it all by dying on the hardwood of the cross for you and for me. Then in three days time on that first Easter morning before the sun came up, Jesus destroyed death's victory over us and walked out of that tomb alive. That is the Easter gospel, and it is the very heart of our faith, the greatest, most hopeful good news ever given to the world. And brothers and sisters, on this morning, it can never be said enough that this good news we have come together to proclaim is just what it says it is. It is not simply some metaphorical, uh, symbolic melodrama, nor is it just an inspirational moral tale from some distant time. It is, above all else, news. The full report of an event that absolutely and unequivocally occurred. And through that occurrence, it has upended and changed our entire universe now and forever. For friends, if Jesus Christ did not do what we are asserting he did on this day, if he did not physically rise up from death and walk out of that crypt on his own two feet, then we should all be somewhere else right now. And if it didn't happen the way the New Testament lays it out for us, then we clergy should have given it all up long ago and gone out and found ourselves a real job. But brothers and sisters, I want to reassure you this morning, that's my goal, that the Easter story that we just heard is exactly what it claims to be. How do I know that? Well, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is passed on to us in firsthand accounts and with eyewitness reports. As we hear again in the gospel reading this morning, Mary Magdalene And a group of women found the tomb which had been sealed shut three days prior, wide open and empty on that first Easter morning 2,000 years ago. After that, it would be Mary herself who would first see Jesus in person and speak with him directly just outside that tomb in the garden. Later, St. Peter and six other disciples will meet Jesus on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and not only talk with Jesus but they'll sit down and eat a meal together with Jesus. And of course, we will hear again next Sunday that St. Thomas will touch the very wounds on Jesus' hands and put his fingers in the place where the Roman spear pierced Jesus' side when he hung up on the cross. Finally, St. Paul, who encounters Jesus himself on a road to Damascus, 
will report in his first letter to the church in Corinth that not only did all the apostles get to meet Jesus, but over 500 other people broke bread with Jesus and witnessed him alive. And if that weren't enough in and of itself, then there is everything that continues to identify the living Jesus in this world up to this day right now. For only a living person can do what Jesus has kept on doing for all of humanity, changing individual lives and saving individual souls. And if you don't believe that, then I challenge you as you drive home this afternoon, count how many churches you can find here in Jacksonville. There are Christian churches and communities of every denomination, every variety, every flavor. Some are even Episcopalian. And only someone, brothers and sisters, who is alive, someone living, breathing, reaching out, still inviting people to come and be changed, can explain all the Christian houses of prayer and worship that have survived in this city, in this country, and in this world. That, I believe, is a sign of a living person, and that living person is Jesus. For if Jesus had simply been a good teacher who told us good things and then died, what we see around us right now could never have ever happened. Sure, we can be inspired by the stories of our heroes and heroines from the past who are no longer living, We can visit their museums. We can see the places where they lived their lives. And of course, we can even visit and stand over their graves. But inspiration from the dead is not the same as the Christian witness of spiritual realignment and religious conversion that's been happening throughout this world now for over two millennia. Every time I go home and visit family in Kentucky, if I can find a little extra time, I like to drive up and and stay with the monks at the Abbey of Gethsemane to pray and to pay a visit to the grave of one of my own inspiring Christian heroes, the Trappist monk Thomas Merton. I still read Thomas Merton's books. I still find myself every day trying to pray like Merton did and seek out God deeply the way Merton accomplished in his life. But I have to say, aside from his grave, his books, and a really nice museum at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky, Thomas Merton just ain't doing much else these days. And that's just it. The dead cannot really do much of anything anymore in this life. The proof of the resurrection of Jesus stands firmly on what is still happening right now, what is still being transformed, what is still taking shape, and what is still being made new. We even experience it right here in this church every time a wonderful new face or a wonderful new family walks through our doors. It is as that old Baptist hymn I used to hear at many an altar call growing up says so well, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. The dead don't suddenly tug on your hearts and call you to show up on a Sunday morning for church. And if they ever do, come and see me or Mother Sarah immediately. But the living, resurrected Jesus... He is the one who is still 
alive and doing that. We certainly can and should help Jesus by reaching out to our neighbors in Christian evangelism. But Jesus is the one, I believe, that still has to take your hand, tug at your heart, and lead you forward. More than 2,000 years later, the authenticity of the Easter story has never faltered, no matter what opposition or violence it has faced. In fact, it is still as strong and as impactful as it was from the very beginning. Certainly, there have been many other great religious leaders and teachers who have come and gone from the beginning of time, and there have been many a system of religious and metaphysical belief, theology, and philosophy set before communities and cultures from time immemorial. And whereas many a teacher and a belief system has come and gone and has now been completely forgotten, this Christian story, the story of a man who was God, who made himself a sacrifice for the sins of the world, going through death in order to destroy death for anyone who would simply take up their own cross and follow him. This is the Christian promise of hope, which has only grown and expanded over and against so many who have tried their hardest and are still trying to either erase it or proclaim it ridiculous. So if someone were to ask you about this Easter story out there on the street on this morning of all mornings, how would you explain it yourself? What would you say is the explanation for how the Easter story has stood this test of time, how it continues to inspire so much of the world through struggle after struggle, war after war, pandemic after pandemic? What is it about the Easter message of the resurrected Jesus that compels us as Christians in this world to keep holding on to that story for dear life year and year after year? Well, friends, if you are here this morning, I hope that what would come to your mind first before anything else is just how this story touches you personally how it reaches into your own heart and affects your own life today. That maybe instead of arguments of factual proof and science and references to Holy Scripture, you would be drawn first above everything to your own personal encounter with the living Jesus. Maybe that encounter was a long time ago and you've gotten a little bit older and now you have to admit that it's hard to cling to it in this troubling distracting, stress-filled world we live in. Maybe it was much more recent when you suddenly felt for the first time the living Jesus standing beside you in a moment of unexpected joy or unexpected sadness and loss. Maybe you encountered Jesus yourself for the first time in a right decision that you landed in a very hard struggle or in a mistake you found yourself slipping into unknowingly. Maybe your explanation of the power of Easter is the leaving Jesus always being with you right now in your moments of celebration, in your moments of illness, in your moments of loneliness, in your moments of fear. Or maybe you're someone who doesn't yet know if you've ever really encountered 
the resurrected Jesus. But Easter Sunday is still that story that causes you to hold on and keep those doors open just for a little bit longer because you know and believe that someday you will have the chance to see the living Jesus too. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is even more true today than ever before because we ourselves have taken on the role of the most important eyewitnesses to Jesus, the resurrected Lord. And we have come to know and believe that because of what he touched and what he overthrew on that first Easter Sunday long ago, there is nowhere now that any of us can ever go where Jesus cannot reach out and save us through his life, death, his resurrection, and his unfailing, never-ending love for his Father's creation. And because Jesus, who has been where we are going, is truly alive, a real person, and not just a memory or a symbol, then we can have no doubt that he is still ready to transform us, to resurrect us, and to bring us peace. Finally, because this morning's story is absolutely true, we can even rest assured in hope that not even death will ever separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ because death and sin, brothers and sisters, lost their victory and their sting on that first Easter morning many, many years ago. Jesus is alive. And I hope and pray this morning that maybe softly and tenderly, or perhaps loudly and forcefully, Jesus is calling, still calling to you and to me, waiting to bring himself to us so that we may experience what he experienced and that we may experience a life that no longer frightens us, but a life we know will be eternal. If that's where we are this morning, then we can truly say to everyone we meet, Happy Easter. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.